Veterans are who we are, what we talk about, who we fight for. This podcast sheds light on real issues facing our veterans. It informs the uninformed, it celebrates their triumphs, and provides hope to those fighting a silent battle. This is Upholding Valor. Welcome. I'm Jill Atwood, Director of Communications for the VA Salt Lake City Healthcare System and your host for Upholding Valor. COVID-19 has literally held us hostage for a year. We are tired of being tired, sick of the fear, and longing for some normalcy. But we may be getting somewhere. The vaccine is here, two of them, the Pfizer and the Moderna. We are getting it into the arms of veterans who want it as fast as we possibly can, but we know it's not fast enough. It's all about supply and demand, and then, of course, the people who are working night and day to care for veterans and administer those vaccines. Our healthcare workers are tired, but they are also so committed. So today's podcast is about hope. This is exciting. This is historic. This will save lives. It's also about educating our veterans about how and when to get the vaccine and to address any hesitancy issues. I don't want to get the vaccine because fill in the blank. So joining me today are two of my favorite nurses here on the VA campus who rolled their sleeves up a long time ago here at VA to ensure our veterans are cared for and safe during this health crisis. Hi, ladies. We have nurse Ashley Phillips, who is actually actively working the vaccine clinic and is just taking a break to be with us and help us out today. And then we have Valerie Lambiasi, who is an infection prevention nurse here at VA. How are you doing, ladies? Wonderful. Great. Ashley, this is a a much-needed break for you. I know you still have to talk about it, but we'll get you out of the clinical setting, and we'll get you here in the studio, and you can help us educate veterans and feel better about everything. Absolutely. So thank you so much. You two, well, we've been through a lot uh, the last year, and we've been on committees together and and working to make sure veterans are educated and set, set up these vaccine clinics and get the messaging out. It's a bit overwhelming, but we're we're getting there. We're getting there. Okay, so Ashley, I want to I start with you. I'd like to talk about the process for getting vaccinated first. So veterans kind of have an idea of what to expect. So let, let me point out that we are vaccinating veterans who are 65 and older with serious medical conditions. So once they receive that appointment, what's it like for them when they, they come into the clinic? Sure. So we want to make sure that everybody is treated as quickly as possible, get through with as least waiting as possible. So what I want you to do when you come to the VA is park in the parking garage. I want you to go check in in that central check-in area. You're going to get your lovely little sticker where we're going to get your time and where you're going for your appointment because the library where the COVID vaccine clinic is, Sometimes it's a little difficult to find, so those front desk area workers will definitely guide you and show you the way downstairs to where the the clinic is going to be. And we're talking about the main lobby, the main entrance. Yes, the main lobby, the main entrance. Uh, Once you go downstairs to where the COVID vaccine clinic is, you're going to be um, in a queue, and and then you're going to be into this little... Um, check-in area. So you're going to be checking in twice so that we know and giving you all of your paperwork to fill out prior to that first injection. Uh, we just want to make sure we know who you are so that when your nurse gets to you, we, ha- we have that double check in place so we can get your, your CPRS note updated and uh, document in real time with you. We go over um, the vaccine, the Moderna, and, and 
what to expect after the shot, but we, we queue you up. You're going to be in that waiting room for just as long as you fill that paperwork out. You're going to get into your seat, and from there, about five-minute conversation with your nurse. You a have, lovely conversation, again, I might a, add. A I've lovely, been through it. It's been nice. It's, it's a really great conversation. It's, one of my favorite pieces. It's a great flow, too. You're doing a great job. Okay, I interrupted. I'm sorry. No, Keep going. totally. But then you, the best part about this whole process is the lazy boy. So when yes. you get into the clinic, you get one of these amazing seats that sits, sits reclines back, which is amazing. So we have the conversation. We give you your shot. You wait your 15 minutes. And like the loaf of bread that we all are, you will rise up in that 15 <laughs> minutes and we'll let you out. <laughs> okay. So uh, just to clarify, and you did mention this, but we're offering the Moderna yes, vaccine. And that requires two doses, 28 days apart. So I would assume that the veteran will receive their appointment for the second shot at that time. We're doing it one better. When we're calling those veterans for their first appointment, we're booking their second at the same time. Ah. So they there is no ambiguity as to when they're going to follow up. They know exactly the date and time when they're coming back. So one-stop shop. Okay. So I want to point out that... The medical center staff are, are calling veterans who are eligible, but veterans can also call us if you are eligible. And I'm going to give this number out a few times. So it's the main hospital number, 801-582-1565, extension 5657. If you didn't write that down fast enough, I'll talk about it later. So don't, so don't worry about it. Um, I also want to point out the, the eligibility. So I said 65 plus and serious medical conditions. So can the two of you, Val, maybe talk a little bit about what we consider serious medical conditions? Sure. So we follow the CDC guidelines here. Um, so heart failure, diabetes, type 2 diabetes, obesity, um, cancer. cancer. Uh, solid organ transplants. So, okay. You know, dialysis. Dialysis. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, the the clerks or the clinic staff, uh, along with the, the veterans providers, will help determine that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, inflammatory diseases, chronic autoimmune deficiencies. That's very important. Like lupus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, talk to me. So you were there. Well, you've both been there. And I remember the, the very first day vaccinating the very first healthcare worker. We were so excited. What has it been like in, in the trenches since that day? And, and since, I mean, really, it, it is hopeful. There for a while, I think we were just treading water, wondering what was going to happen and how long we'd be doing this. And, and unfortunately, how many people we would have to watch suffer and die. So this is this is wonderful. But what it's what has it been like for you as nurses to be able to really, you know, that's your mission, to make sure veterans are taken care of and, 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 and safe. I'm just getting teary-eyed thinking about it. <laughs> you are. Tell yeah. me. Um, yeah. It's been joy. Really has been to give, give this their lives back. Because we know you're alone. We know you're just in your house or, you know, the VA represents so much where it's your, your brothers and sisters in arms, you come here to talk, you come here to conversate with us because, you know, it's just love. It's pure love. So I just feel like Santa every day, you know, coming to work and giving this gift because you've earned it, you deserve it, and we're, we're, we're getting it to you as fast as we can. It's, it's just an honor. What about you, Val? 
I agree 100%. It, it's, um, yeah, my dad is a really social, social 86-year-old, and uh, he's a veteran. He got his shots. He's waiting for his second one, and the first thing he's going to do is hit the jazz clubs with his lady friend. Yeah. <laughs> so this is relief. Oh, it's huge, Jill. It's huge. Um, you know, I... It's freedom. It's freedom. I'm I'm such a immunization proponent in general. Right. Um, I, I volunteered. I got the Pfizer last fall. I had my first shot in September and my second one in early October because I wanted to be part of the body of research mm-hmm. because I wanted everybody in the world to be able to get it as soon as possible. So I see some of the veterans that come through there, and it's all some of them can do to get to us. In, in wheelchairs, in walkers, with their caregivers, and, and the paperwork. I mean, it's 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 an outing yeah. for them, but it's, it's something that they're willing to do. I mean, by golly, they're going to get that shot. What? How how are they when they're being vaccinated? Because oh. I know they're adorable. Whenever I interact <laughs> with them, I go in and I shove my camera in their face, or, or Bert does the same thing. Um, but... I would imagine there's some endearing moments that happen during those vaccinations. I know we're not supposed to with the social distancing, but there's a lot of hugging. I will, <laughs> will be honest. Yeah. Uh, just a lot of, of happiness and the stories that they get to tell us because, you know, that, how, what this means for them, you know, their independence, getting back to see their grandkids, what what brought them joy. They can they can start having joy again and and. That's the conversations we've been having down there. Not only, you know, side effects of Moderna, but really, what are you going to do after this? Yeah. You know, how, what, what does this mean to you? And it, it is, it's just joy. I know the mental health component has been huge with the isolation. Why the sigh? Oh, just even coming to work every day and being around people every day, I feel so separated from my normal day-to-day life yeah and I'm looking forward to being bored in my normal day-to-day life yes and <laughs> just you know coming to work and and being a little bit bored maybe someday we won't say COVID in in a day like in a whole day we never utter that word I think we're a ways off but I think we're getting there um, so where are we in terms of vaccinations how many vaccinations have we given out thus far and where do we have an idea of what, when we may have everyone who wants to be vaccinated, vaccinated? And I know we don't really know, but I know that we, we kind of have a, a thought or a, or a hope. It's, it's all really contingent upon the supply and demand. You know, right. how quickly Moderna and Pfizer can, you know, create the vaccine, distribute it to us, and then we'll, we'll be able to accommodate as, as quickly as humanly possible the, the increase that we get in. But for right now, we've given over uh, 12,500 injections, and um, we expect at least, you know, 70 to 80 percent of all of our veterans in our catchment area, which is roughly 90,000 veterans, to get the vaccine. And we hope it's 100 and not 80. Oh, right. No, absolutely. And then... Um I'm, I'm glad you brought that up in our catchment area because we, we, we have a large one. It's like 125,000 square miles. Um, and I know that we are doing, currently we are doing vaccinations in our Idaho Falls and Pocatello clinics. 
Oh, I may have had that wrong. Maybe it's Pocatello and Idaho Falls travels to Pocatello. Uh, no, they're, they're, they're they are doing, doing two separate. Doing separate. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I was accurate. So we're doing that twice a week. And I know we're doing a clinic in St. George once a week, but we're building on that, right? Correct. Yeah. St. George went live uh, a week and a half ago with their first round of 50 doses. And now that we have the ability to transport the vaccine safely down to them uh, at an appropriate temperature, of course, right. uh, we're able to increase their vac- vaccine supply. So we're going to, they're going to be at least two days a week. Okay. And then what about our more rural clinics like Price, Roosevelt, and and Elko? Yeah, we're starting to work on those. We're going to have mobile um, immunization clinics going out and about. And, you know, that's another one of the benefits of working for the VA and being part of, of this huge healthcare system mm-hmm. is that we have a lot of resources available to us to get out and get these vaccines where, where they need to be. So I think, you know, I'm amazed at just who's driving, who's going up there. <laughs> yes, we're going to make it happen tomorrow, and boom, mm-hmm. it's done. Mm-hmm. Between between the um, you know physical yeah. materials, the bus, the car, whatever, and then, yeah, a, a physician saying, I can do that tomorrow. I can yeah. take this vaccine up there. It's No one says no. Everyone, no. everyone steps yeah. up. Yeah. And then in terms of the veterans who are, say, in our Ogden Clinic, Orem, South Jordan, we want them to come here to VA Salt Lake City, to the hub, to the Georgie Wallen VA Medical Center. That's the, the best bet for them, unless, of course, they can get it somewhere in their community that's, that's closer if they, if they can't travel. Correct. I want to touch briefly, Val, and, and I know it's, it's, it's new and we're not certain on it yet, but the Johnson & Johnson vaccine that they just applied for the emergency use. Um, I would assume we were going to get some of those in the future if, if everything goes as planned. Mm-hmm. I, um, I've heard that just this morning that we'll probably be getting some of those doses, and it's a different... Um, type of vaccine than the mRNA. It's almost, it's a more traditional formulation of the vaccine. It only requires one shot as opposed to two. Um, the efficacy, so the... the um, immunity. Immunity that comes from the shot is somewhat less than it is for the Moderna and the Pfizer. It's about 66% effective. Um, that's still higher than like the annual flu shot. And um, it's still going to provide a great benefit. The main benefit being that if you do get sick, it's shown to decrease symptoms. So you're you're less likely to be hospitalized. You're less likely to have a severe case. So right off the bat, you're you're ahead of the game. You know, the people who are hospitalized are pretty miserable. So... Well, and I understand uh, we're in the process of setting up a mass vaccination clinic right now, and that will probably go live within the next two weeks, month, again, depending on supply of the vaccine. And we're going to have that open on Saturdays, and I believe the goal is to try to vaccinate about 2,000 veterans in a day. So stay tuned for that. Always be checking our Facebook page and and answer your your phone and and (laughs) read your email and check social media my healthy vet a plug for that please sign up my healthy vet (laughs) healthy vet for sure uh for the latest information because i i I really try to keep that as as current as possible okay the last thing i want to talk about and it's a huge issue 
is hesitancy issues. So those veterans who don't want to get the vaccine for certain reasons, can we address some of those reasons or or dispel the myths? And then how can we change that way of thinking or convince people that it's so important? Because I just talked to a vet the other day. He said, nope, not getting it. And I couldn't talk him into it. So, you know, I've been a nurse for a long time. (laughs) I'm old. (laughs) Not at all. And and my background is pediatrics. When I first started, um, and I worked at Primary Children's Hospital here in Salt Lake, we used to every winter get very, very ill children with a type of meningitis, Haemophilus influenza meningitis. And um, this was before I had my own children. And I just figured that every child in their life would have H. flu meningitis, and it was just a matter of how severe it would be and whether or not you would have long-term uh, hearing loss from the antibiotics or if you would die. You know, it was kind of a, a twin cost which way it could go. And, um, you know, then the vaccine came out and was approved, and my children were immunized right off the bat. And um, we don't see that disease in children anymore. And, you know... Parents who have seen their children die are so much more accepting of a new vaccine or have seen other people's children die or know what these diseases are capable of. Um, You know, we're in this incredibly fortunate age where most of us haven't ever experienced being in an outbreak before. We've not been in a polio outbreak. We've not had to not let our children go to swimming pools. Um, So... You know, we're we're just not used to trusting that science is going to take care of us. And there are some strong, factual, historic issues there. Um, there have been research studies done on African-American men and women where the government was negligent. I mean, it was criminal. It was truly criminal. And... Um, you know, so there's hesitancy there, but if I could just, you know, wave a magic wand and have one thing go out, it's that this is something we have to trust. We just have to put our faith in it. We have to say, okay, you know, all these people who are in trials, you know, we wouldn't have put ourselves out there. We wouldn't be early adopters of getting the vaccine if we truly thought that this was going to be bad. I wouldn't tell my dad to go out and get a vaccine right. if I thought in any way, shape, or form it was going to harm him. In well, the long a lot term. of people have fear that they will be getting COVID if they get the vaccine, which is false. Correct. And it somehow changes you or alters you long term? Nope. Okay. Nope. It not. changes you by preventing COVID right. 94% of the time. <laughs> yes. It changes yeah. your DNA so you don't get COVID, <laughs> if, if I can be so bold. And I would assume, and well, I'm not assuming, I know it's happening, that research is being done, A, on the long-term effects of people who have had COVID, but also anything to do with the vaccine in terms of efficacy or side effects mm-hmm. or long-term side effects. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm... Like I said, I'm part of a research study, and I'm going to be having blood drawn every six months for the next two years, just so that they can see what, you know, how long I have antibodies and how long I'm I'm protected, and, and, you know, that'll help the body of knowledge in the long run. But yeah, you know, 
it's not going to alter you. It's not going to change you. It's not putting uh, anything horrible into you. It's not putting stem cells in. Uh, there were a couple of questions that came up about that. It's, yeah. it's a very safe vaccine. Um, I think the inversion is worse. <laughs> okay. Yeah. To put I, it in perspective. Exactly. Yes. I think that when we have those, you know, red days where yeah. people with COPD can't go outside or, you know, just children can't go outside, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's worse than getting a vaccine because guess what? We get to go outside and, yeah. and be with those people. So, yeah. One thing I do want to touch on are some frequently asked questions and I see them all the time and I don't know that people get the definitive answer that they're looking for. So the first one is if I've had COVID, do I need to get vaccinated or should I get vaccinated? Yes. Okay. The short answer is yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. The other one is if I'm pregnant or if I'm planning to get pregnant, should I be vaccinated? There is no contraindication for those women to be getting the vaccine. That being said, what's we, contraindication? Speak English. I will speak English. <laughs> there is no reason for our female veterans who are family planning not to get the shot. Okay. Uh, we are encouraging them to talk to their OBGYN to make sure that it is the best decision for them. And if that's the case, they can come in and we will happily give them their shot. What do you say to the folks, younger folks and older folks, um, who, who just don't want to get the shot for, for various reasons? Uh, they, they don't think the illness is that severe. They've heard that people don't get that sick. There's not enough data to, to, to prove that this is really happening. You know, the whole, for lack of a better term, a lot of people still think it's a, it's a hoax, that it's not as real as it, as it is. I mean, how do we get to those people and, and convince them that this is the right thing to do? And we all know, we've all talked to people like that. What's your experience, Val? Well, it's it's really difficult. Um, I have a sister who absolutely refuses to get the vaccine. And what's her reason? Um, it hasn't affected her. Now, she has been fortunate. She's worked from home from the whole whole uh, pandemic, so she's had an income the entire time. Um, but somehow, she doesn't seem to think that it hasn't affected her. But her 19-year-old son, who was positive back in December is very ill and he's got long-term respiratory issues and yet you know she still somehow doesn't want to make that connection um she's seen how it's impacted our father right being very isolated and um so when i talk with her i have to just kind of talk it through acknowledge you know okay i understand where you're coming from but it's a bigger picture it's not just about us as individuals exactly it's about the collective it's about everyone and the vaccine side effects to from what i've seen are, are are very minimal i mean i had it and yeah i fell ill for a night ran yeah. a low-grade fever and had a sore arm and and then it was gone what as vaccine doesn't it do that? It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, going back to pediatrics, we always expect our babies to be fussy the day after they get their vaccines. And, you know, we expect it. We give them Tylenol. We say, oh, you know, well, they just got their shots. Of course, they feel kind of icky the next day. Um, and, you know, again, we're just such a fortunate generation. We just not had to make sacrifices in our lifetime. Um you know, I, I, 
was thinking about like, oh my gosh, in the 70s, we waited in line for our, our oil, you know, our gas. But, um, you know, there's been nothing that's really impacted me that horribly mm-hmm. other than 9-11. And that was a moment. It wasn't a long term and it wasn't a personal sacrifice, you know. And so we're, we're just very, very fortunate. And to do this one simple thing of getting a shot to provide this safety net for so many people. Uh, That's what I just try to emphasize with people that I talk with. Well said. Thanks, Val. Well, if we have changed one mind today, then we have done our job. Ladies, I chose you because you're you're my favorites. And I've seen you guys work for for the last year. And I said, who would really, really bring it and and talk to me about this? And and I thought of you too. So thank you so much for the work you've done. Thanks, Joe. Over the last year, you've taught me a ton, more than I ever needed to know about (laughs) COVID and side effects, etc. So thank you. I appreciate it, ladies. So that phone number again that I that I promised you was 801-582-1565, extension 5657. That is the number you call to schedule your vaccine if you're eligible, which is 65 plus um, or with serious medical conditions. Thanks again, ladies. And thanks for joining us today for Upholding Valor. Stay safe, take care of each other, and be kind. This is Jill Atwood. I'm a VA employee, Army veteran, and veteran of Desert Storm. And this is so personal to me. There is no greater mission than to serve and fight for those who fought for us. Thanks for listening and thanks for caring. If you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe or rate us. Or better yet, tell a vet and tell a friend to tune in by texting VETERANS to 57500 or go to ksl360.com slash veterans. VA is honored to serve you. Talk to you next time.